You're listening to Why Try, the podcast. Nick Vago channeled his art background into creating an app called Clash of Orbs. It's a game he describes as a finger-swiping, fruit ninja-type game combined with elements of an RPG, meaning it has upgrades and power-ups and that kind of thing. I've always wondered how people make apps, uh, especially apps that are as visually interesting and as interactive as a mobile game. Nick really started in this process from square one, but in classic entrepreneurial fashion, he figured out a lot as he went along and brought in some technical expertise to help bring his vision into reality. It'll be launched in the next month or so, so check out the Facebook page Clash of Orbs for updates. In the meantime, enjoy our conversation. I'm Nick. I'm the founder of Rogue Monkey Studios, and our first project that we're doing is uh, called Clash of Orbs, and we're really excited for it to come out on Apple and Android here. It's going to be free to play, and if all goes well, it's going to be at uh, end of the month or at least early November. So, What made you decide to make an app? My story is I went to several art schools, and I have a background in animation and just overall games. I've been gaming ever since I was a little kid, so <laughs> I mean, I think we, you know, our generation, that's not too uncommon. But uh, with my background and everything, I really wanted to get into games or movies or something, and I just thought it was such a, like, you know, impossible reach, um, you know, trying to work for a big studio or something. So later on in life, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just do something. I'm going to get make an app because I know, you know, apps are huge, you know, it's got to make some sort of money or something, you know. Um, and then the more research I did, uh, I found that, you know, 80, 85% of all the apps out there are games. And so I'm like, wow, it's pretty... You know, stupid not to get in on this. Um, and then I did more research. I'm like, wow, games are expensive to make. <laughs> and so um, we were able to at least acquire a really good team. Um, I have uh, seven people working for me. And we were able to really find some good ways to make this game fairly simple, but yet enjoyable for the whole world to you know, play. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about like the game? How did you choose this particular design for a game? What this... Like- yeah, um, so the game has evolved over the past year and a half. We were first trying to create this uh, simple balloon popper game. And, you know, we chose balloons. We're like, balloons are fun, simple to make. You know, if you want to create different assets, you just change the color, change the shapes, you know. Pretty simple. Um, well, as we started creating this, we all got really involved. You know, the ideas started expanding. The story started expanding. And we're like, you know, it's we can't do balloon poppers for this game, you know, it's, we're, we're, the story has already developed so far, so really we just, all of our ideas started coming together, and we decided on the whole elemental theme, so we chose, you know, these uh, elements, they're part of this ancient world that you live in, and they're the defenders of your realm, well, the whole story is, this great shadow has entered your realm, is now taking over your elements and using them against you, and so you have to set out on a journey to stop this. So um, it's basically, it's a, we call it an epic finger swiping adventure. <laughs> so it's basically Fruit Ninja mixed with an RPG. Yeah, so how does that work? Can you give some like, details on that? For instance, as you like pop more bubbles or balloons or whatever, yeah, you, get, like, up, mm-hmm. yeah, you can get like, buy upgrades and stuff. Is there like a character that you're kind of building? Yeah, so basically the whole point end game wise is to play the survival mode, which is how long can you last. Um, and the longer you can last, the better score you get. The higher the score you get, the higher on the leaderboard you're going to be. And so that's kind of your competitiveness right there to compete and you'll be the best. And we're going to have certain rewards for people being in different tiers out there, you know. If you're part of the top, you know, 
one percent, you're going to get better rewards, and people are you know the bottom you know fifty percent. So, um, but essentially, the world map part of the game, the actual story part, uh, there's going to be it's roughly about 150 levels, and then each level you can do three times. So it's going to start with easy difficulty, medium difficulty, and hard difficulty. But then the rewards scale to that as well. And you didn't really come at this from much of a computer background. It's mostly artistic. Exactly, yeah. How did you go from not knowing anything about this to having an app that's about to launch? Yeah, so having the art background, I really have a good... I I feel I have a good 80% knowledge in almost every separate stage of game development except for the coding part. But this is why I found a really good team on Upwork.com, which is one of the biggest freelance sites out there, and actually found a really good uh, group in uh, the Ukraine, and they've been really good to me. We have a lead developer who has over 13 years of uh, game development experience. Um, he has a couple artists, sound designer, um, some top coders out there. I mean, they're doing phenomenal things. So basically, my job is to keep the overall story and the overall idea intact um, and evolve it to really where it needs to be um, while they provide the technical side. So <laughs> sometimes, yeah. yeah, so sometimes I'll be like, you know, come up with these crazy ideas and like, hey, let's do this, let's do that. They're like, that's going to take like a year of development. <laughs> you know, so we got to scale it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, so they're from the Ukraine. Yes. How did you build up the trust to know that like you could work with them? It wasn't like a scam or... Yeah, uh, well... Upwork made it really easy. And this isn't, you know, a whole thing for Upwork.com. <laughs> this is what no, I chose yeah. to use. But Upwork makes it really easy. I mean, it's such a big website out there where they have you covered. I mean, you can create your own uh, documents you want them to sign or whatever, but Upwork really has you covered. So there really isn't any need to have the, uh, you know, antitrust, you know. So they seemed i mean i saw their work from the beginning that's what that's what caught my eye i saw their work their work was phenomenal it's what i wanted my game to look like and i knew i could push them a little bit further too yeah it just really ended up working out really well i interviewed a few different companies out there and they just seemed to be the best fit what kinds of stuff were you asking people as you were you know vetting them for this process oh well actually it wasn't so much the asking it was more of I wanted. I was going to their Facebooks and going to their company's Facebooks and checking out their what they've done, you know, their products. People can tell you all they want, you know, to your face, but sure. I want to see what they're capable of. And I found them. They didn't find me, so right. I saw their work. I found them, and I reached out to them, and they wanted to be a part of this. So okay. okay. I saw their potential, and I knew I could push them to where we want to be. And like I said, the game has evolved so much over the past year and a half you know it started out as a bloom popper and now it's this full just full story game you know it's almost like a i like to think of it as like a triple a game on mobile <laughs> right. yeah and we'll have an alpha video so you guys can uh, check out i'll put a link to that in the comments or something yeah there's gonna be uh two exclusive videos uh, just to this podcast that we're actually gonna release after this um so keep an eye out for that I watched it just before we started. It looks pretty cool, so I think you guys uh, yeah. should give that a click for sure. Excited for you guys to check it out. So about the name, like, how did you choose Class of Orbs? Is that like a it was Clash of Clans, which is a very big name? Yes, exactly. That was, that was purely an SEO thing. We are such a small company, obviously. It's basically just me and a few people. Everything comes down to this game. If this game doesn't do well to a certain point, I mean, this company's over. So <laughs> yeah. we weren't 
the biggest fans of uh, the Clash of Wars name from the very beginning, but we realized we kind of had to. Um, you know, in our future games later on, we can be a little bit more creative. Um, hopefully, you know, that <laughs> we have that revenue coming in. Yeah, so how does that work? Is it, I mean, I guess it's like a net benefit, but it seems like you could almost get buried underneath all of their stuff. Or how, so how does that actually work? Uh, can you uh, elaborate a little bit? Okay, like if I started a company called like Google something.com mm-hmm. and people want to go- like type in Google something. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm going to be listing like number like 99 and Google.com is going to have like all gotcha. of the other yeah. one through 98. Well, there's kind of two sides to that. And the, this, the approach that we took was it's such a big name, Clash of Clans and Clash Royale out there. They're so huge that almost everybody that has a phone is going to at least heard of that name. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, respectfully, you know, use that to help us out a little bit. So if they type in Clash, hopefully, you know, our game will come up in that search as well. And, and of course, you know, theirs is going to be before ours. You know, they're huge. They're a massive company. And, you know, we're just trying to follow in their footsteps. I mean, we have the utmost respect for, you know, Supercell and all they've done. So we're just yeah. trying to, uh, you know, do the best we can to follow in your footsteps. Yeah, that, that's a pretty <laughs> creative way to go about it, eh? Yeah, 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 it's pretty innovative marketing. One one thing I was curious about. So you're working with a team from Ukraine. Is it like, I mean, I would imagine it's cheaper. Do you have a sense for like how much? Yeah. Did, when you started, do you have a sense for like how much money you thought it would cost? Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe so, it's a two-part question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so being from the Ukraine or basically outsourcing anything, yeah. it's going to be a little bit cheaper. And we had to go that approach. We just didn't have a choice. You know, we wouldn't even start this project. We couldn't do it here. Um, right. So we found a few companies in India. They seem to be the cheaper companies mm-hmm. on Upwork. Um, and there's some phenomenal companies out there from India, but just the ones that we've seen, which they're, I don't know, just the companies themselves, their skill set wasn't really to the point that we wanted. Um, and then just again, the artwork from the company that I hired, just there, it caught my eye and like so quick like that. I was just like, yeah, this, this is who I need. So I kind of reached out to them and they're a little bit cheaper than just, um, doing it here local, Hey, <laughs> local in the U S but um, not by much, it's, it's about the same. But what's nice is everyone on the team is so excited about the project that we have multiple ways to fund it. So everyone's contributing towards the project and we're all excited about the end goal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the second part of that question. Um, so it was a drastic price uh, point difference than we thought, it was actually kind of a, a shock. So when I came to them, you know, I came to them with a simple blue and popper game I'm like, hey, can we do this for about like, five to eight grand or so? And they're like, oh, yeah, definitely. And we could have done that, but the game was getting fun, and we just evolved it to a point where, you know, about $50,000 later, <laughs> you know, we're, it's a totally different game, but, you know, that was the choices that we made. So, yes, they could have made that balloon popper game for, you know, five to $8,000, but we saw the potential in this game, and we wanted to be the best it can. So. Sure. so how did you get the funding for this game? Um, really just, uh, my personal savings and my credit lines that I opened up through, uh, Rogue Monkey Studios. This is really my chance to make it or break it in life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At the end of the day, I'm making something that I'm proud of in that it's up to my standards and it's fun for me. Yeah. You know, if, if everyone else in the world wants to play it, I think that's amazing and that's great. But at the end of the day, it's gotta be fun for me and my friends. (laughs) I figure, I'm sure you'll be really successful with it, but I figure, you know, worst, worst case, 
you got a great education out of this, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Both the business side and the gaming side, app side. It just, yeah, yeah, there's so many resources out there, guys. I mean, any education is good education, but uh, before you go wasting all your money on some huge university, which you know, is still good for whatever you want to do, but there's so many good resources, YouTube, uh, Reddit, everything. There's multiple channels on YouTube that have taught me so much from the top developers out there, AAA games and mobile. Yeah. Um, this is so like much a, to learn. And this is a way cheaper way to do it than probably going to most universities for exactly. similar skill set. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, like I said before, I do have some of those skill sets I've gained at universities, the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the art background, the yeah. game and animation background. But uh, I never finished all the way through. Um, you know, part of me kind of wishes I, I did, but later on in life I went and joined the military and did all that. But now I'm back out. We're kind of... Trying to get back on that artistic approach, and yeah. we're having a lot of fun in this game. That's good. It seems like it's something that you get a lot of um, like purpose, and it's something that you really. Yeah, definitely. Love. Yeah, this. I mean, I think you asked me earlier, like how long I work on this game. And it's it's twenty four seven. Like yeah. there's nights where I just don't sleep because I'm just always thinking about you know new ideas and how to implement those ideas, and you know what what makes those ideas fun in the first place. So. Um, yeah, we're, I'm always thinking about this, and my team, they're they are right there with me. They're, you know, 3 a.m. <laughs> texting each other ideas and stuff, and it, it's totally okay. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, as you talk about it, I can see, you, you know, your eyes. Yeah, no, your eyes <laughs> just like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's really it, it's, it's been a very fun and educational journey, so. Yeah, that's great. Is there anything that's surprised you since you started? Um, not really, but... I don't really, I didn't have a clear understanding of like what should be coming out of this. Okay. It was more of just, uh, you know, this is my adventure. I want to make this amazing product for the world. But it was such a, a learning curve and everything to go through where I really, I don't know what to expect. You know, I just know I wanted to make something really fun. So Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there, um, I mean, maybe not like things that have surprised you. Are there a couple of big things that you've learned? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, tons on the technical side, tons on the art side. But really, um, I just try to really emulate the big companies out there. Like I said, Supercell, I mean, they make Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, Heyday, and Boom Beach. They're huge. And I really like what they've done with their games. Their, their games are available for everybody. They're not violent. <clears throat> everybody <laughs> in the world, you know. And they promote a good message, you know. And just today, I saw... Um, how Clash of Clans was, uh, they raised like $250,000 for some group, I think it was a disabled group or something. And I thought that was really cool. And so by emulating these companies, I've really learned to not be greedy. And of course, we want to make money with this game, but I think the money that we make from this game is going to be going towards stuff like that, like charities and really trying to help people. You know, that's what I learned is really not be greedy and just make something that the world wants to play and it's going to make you happy. I think that's the secret to life. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. There's, there's too much nonsense out there in the world nowadays. You know, you got to put out some happiness. So what do you see in your venture moving forward? Are there more games that you'd like to keep making? Yes, we already have some games um, on the back burner. <laughs> some ideas uh, getting sketched out and everything. Um, but really, it all comes down to this one game. Uh, you know, it has to do well to a certain point for there to be a future. And uh, we have some amazing game ideas. So it's yeah. <laughs> cool. This is maybe like a little bit out, out of the blue. Um, did you ever play like Dungeons & Dragons or any of those games? Actually, funny to talk about that, I play Neverwinter all the time. It's the new Dungeons & Dragons MMO. Have you ever played that? No. 
Oh, amazing game. I mean, it's a free-to-play game, so I play that one a lot just to learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of the few AAA games out there that are free-to-play, and they're killing it. What, um, what do you like about it? Well, I like that you can play all the content for free, yeah. but um, they make it very easy for you to spend your money, hence you know, them doing really well in the game. Uh, but there's absolutely no need for you to do that. It's just you know, simple. You take pride in your character, and you want your character to be the best, and so... Oh, you know, what's ten dollars here? What's ten dollars there? You know, hundred dollars later. <laughs> but yeah, I think that game's a phenomenal game, and uh, just the whole Dungeons and Dragons background, I think it's really cool. It, I think it's to a point inspired our game a little bit, um, just on some of the worlds and some of the creativity that's gone into it. Okay, and then so looking backward, is there anything you'd do differently if you had to start over? Um, well, not really. I think because. We've just all learned so much that, I mean, of course, if I was to start over with the knowledge I had now, I'd have a better start, but that knowledge was, it's invaluable. So I, I don't think I would start any differently. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a good place to be, for yeah. sure. Okay, so I guess like a couple questions. So this is your full-time job, right? Like yes. This is the main thing you mm -hmm. spend your time on. Has it... Uh, has like this journey influenced your personal life at all? Like how you think about work? Well, personal life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I try to keep some of my personal life separate, especially I'm married. You know, we have our fur baby doggy over here. <laughs> you know, I try to spend time with my family. But yeah, the game has definitely consumed a lot of my life. And my wife can tell, but she supports me. And uh, I have great friends and family that all support us. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And uh has it impacted the way you think about work at all? Like how you'll spend your you know, next 30 years of your career? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, when I first got out of the military back in uh, 2016, that's when I really started pursuing this venture. I really, like I said, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. At first, you know, I just knew, like, I want to create an app, you know. I'm going to make the next Facebook. <laughs> not. That's not going to happen. <laughs> right. You know, and then I found out that games take over most of the, uh, the apps out there. I'm like, I love games. I've been playing games ever since I was a kid. I have a good background in games and art and animation. So why not get your dream team together and start making something? Totally. Yeah, something that you've mentioned, I think, when we were talking on the phone, is that you think everyone has, like, a ton of app ideas, like, at least a couple, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what's the difference between people who have a great app idea and then people who make it happen? It's all about the execution. I mean, everybody has an idea. Um, I follow uh, Gary Vaynerchuk on Facebook, and I think what he has to say is phenomenal. He's like, you know, everybody has an idea. It's all about the execution. I mean, an idea is worthless if you don't execute it correctly. So, I mean... But the execution is the scary part. That's the part where you have to invest your time, money, you know, family, everything. So that's why people don't, you know, execute their ideas a lot. And you know, you gotta take a chance on yourself. What What was the first thing when you started this? What was What were like a couple of the first things you did to just start getting that initial attraction and start doing instead of thinking about it? Um, yeah, that simply just uh, all the time. I was just flushing out the ideas on my own time coming up with every penny that I could get just to fund this thing. And then, um, you know, I was able to get some lines of credit and everything and put, you know, some of my personal money back into it. And this whole project has been such a good experience. I feel like I haven't had to reach out to anybody. They've all come to me, you know, and I think that's, you know, a great thing. Um, I didn't really want to reach out to too many people because I feel like 
I'm trying to force them into, you know, doing a project with me that maybe they don't care about as much as, you know, I do. Like, this is my whole life, so obviously I care about it. So, uh, my first uh, business partner, uh, Michael York, he actually came to me and like, hey, you know, can I help you out with this? And he has a whole background in film and commercials, and so he was able to. And I was super excited that I could see the same passion that he had as I do, you know. So, I was ecstatic to have him on board. And it just kind of started snowballing from there, and more people got involved. And we're still a very small group of people, but probably around ten people now, is that right? That are working together on this. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not super small. Like that's that's really like a yeah. Well, I mean, pretty focused. Yeah, we, yeah. We are small, but we want to keep it that way. Um, I think once we, if you have too many people, say you get you know the same size as a normal studio, a normal game studio. I mean, they're gonna work totally differently than what the way we want to you know we want a group of people per project that we make that will stay focused just on that project so mm-hmm. having a small group of people i think is key you know because then you have ideas to bounce around for each other and i don't know i just i think if you get too big it's just gonna the quality is gonna go down i guess yeah. what i'm trying to say so you can see that there's not as much like personal ownership of it yeah i think they're at that point everyone's just trying to make a buck when I'm trying to provide a fun game for everyone in the world to play. So the team that you've been working with, it, it sounds like you'd probably want to work with them again. Oh, definitely, yeah. And we've already talked about ideas for future games, and they're all on board. So, is there uh, anything that you can think of that we haven't talked about that you want to cover? Come check out our uh, game on Facebook. You know, at Clash of Orbs. Um, we're excited to provide you guys some never seen before sneak peek uh, preview here on this podcast. So that stuff will be coming up shortly. Thanks. Yeah, I definitely encourage all you guys watching to check it out, share it with some friends, leave some feedback and comments. Yeah, appreciate any support we can get. You know, just share the the page or like it, you know, just give us your support. We'd appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. All right, thank you. Appreciate it, Nicholas. Be sure and check out Nick's game on Facebook at Clash of Orbs. I've got a link to the demo video in the show notes. Music for this podcast is by Cambrian Explosion, whose guitarist was once mystic and healer to Tsar Nicholas II and his son Alexei, and he survived three attempted assassinations. Mm-hmm. You can find their music on cepdx.bandcamp.com and on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Lastly, help me grow this podcast by sharing your favorite episode with a friend. You can also help the podcast grow by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're a new listener and want to hear future episodes like this one, be sure and hit subscribe in your podcast app. Thanks for listening.